It's Jeremy White. If you're making chicken cacciatore, you don't need cantaloupe. And Joe DiBiase. You don't need it. But you could have it. You make chicken cacciatore, you swap out all the pieces of chicken for little pieces of cantaloupe. Your special has now become not very special. You have to do a great job of shaping the cantaloupe to make it look like chicken. That's not that hard to do. What, what is that? What is that? People are looking at their chicken cacciatore to decide if there's cantaloupe in there. <laughs> Maybe they are now. I'm done. Standing here with a bunch of idiots. Good luck, superstars. All sports, all the time. And apparently a little food talk, too, on WGR Sports Radio 550. All right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to... We have to talk about the elephant in the room right off the bat. It's not in the room, it's outside. Um, You know, maybe you wake up in the morning, maybe the alarm goes off, you're still in bed, we pop on, you hear this station, you hear my voice, sorry, good morning, hi, Uh, don't look outside. Right, Josh? There's snow on the ground. If you, uh, (laughs) I was going to try and soften the blow. Oh, Uh, I I, I like when people just tell me stuff right out. (laughs) Uh, you You have a couple options. One, you know... Suck it up, get through a day, because it's supposed to be nice again by the end of the day. We knew this this little plunge in the weather was coming, and then by tomorrow, we're right back in the 50s. But today, the high is 30, and there's snow on the ground. It got cold and windy fast yesterday. I don't know where you were. I was at home, and I had to run errands right before dinner, and, you know, the last week or so it's been getting nicer and nicer and I'm going out in a t-shirt and maybe some shorts mixed in comfy shoes I walked outside yesterday running these errands and I did the thing where you yell and swear out loud to no one like jeez like you're almost yelling at the wind itself it was, it was rough it was a rough adjustment Josh I, I don't I was ready to declare winter over I if I'm looking at the the 10-day forecast the lowest high after today is 46. Like we're we're cruising. I think what's most shocking is on Monday it's going to be 68. Yes, like that's crazy to me that it's 22 right now and it feels like eight degrees, and in four or five <laughs> days it's going to be almost 70. The real feel is eight. That's that's real. I mean, I call it the real feel. I like guess got to be real. The real feel is eight degrees because of the wind chill. It's not exactly surprising. Maybe we're having this one-off day because it is a leap day. Happy February 29th, right? We've got this day that happens once every four years. So it's got to be an outlier. But man, there's actual snow on the ground. Uh, If you have a car starter, start it. (laughs) Get it ready. Get it warmed up. I'm the kind of person that once I get to this time of year, I've already decided I'm not wearing a winter jacket again. I didn't I didn't today. I wore, you know, just like a quarter zip and a vest. And I will I don't care. Real feel eight? Mm-mm. Feels like that's losing. I walked out to my car and I pulled on the handle to open it and I thought it was still locked because the door was frozen shut. And wow. I heard like the crunchiness. The crunchiness in like the, the seal on the door as I opened it. And I pulled it, and it didn't open. And I double-checked my lock to see if it was still locked. And then I pulled it again harder, and it was like, wow. Like, I haven't had to do that in a couple weeks. Yeah, like, yeah. Didn't expect that this morning. No, so prepare yourself emotionally for the, the the sight of snow. I mean, last night, 
before going to bed, I saw flurries, flakes a little bit. But I, I did not expect to get up and see honest-to-goodness accumulation in the yard, which is where we're at. So anyway, prepare yourself. There's snow on the ground. Could I tell you that I had a very, very loose Sabres comparison come to mind about this snow? It's I know. Th- this is what? My brain is broken all the time anyway. And it's just this. So the say <laughs> you're looking at me like, what on earth could they- just go with me for a second here? I think I know where you're going, but maybe I'm ah, wrong. Let's, maybe you do. I'll hear you out. So coming out of winter into summer is a sometimes slower process than you'd like, but you can definitely see that it is happening. All right. Last week we had fifties, we had sunshine, a couple days in a row, really nice weather. And then, hey, that's weird. There's one day in there where that progress looks like it went backwards. And then the next day, it looks like we're going to get back on track. You see where I'm going? Yeah, I, that's not where I thought you were going, but I definitely see it now. That's that's pretty good. It's, you know, sometimes on a, a, a ascension or on some sort of slower than you'd like it to be coming out of winter into spring and nicer weather, there's that one day that pulls back and makes you think, wow, are we stuck here forever? And maybe that's the Sabre season. It's a fluke. Well, you know, it's just a occasional mm, blip, an occasional uh, slip, whatever you want to say. Where did you think I was going? Because that, that means you had your own thought about how to compare this weather to the Sabre season. I thought it was about, you know, showing up at the last minute for one last gasp and then... <laughs> Going away forever. <laughs> That's what I thought you were going with. Yeah, yeah. Well, anyway. Good morning. Jeremy White with you. Joe's out today. Nate is in, coming in at 7 o'clock. Nate will join me for the rest of the show. Josh Schmidt is here producing. And, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll chat. Sal's coming up from the Combine. He'll join us at 7 o'clock. And at 8 o'clock, Anthony Prohaska from Cover One. You might see him posting stuff online. Maybe you don't. That's okay. He's all the time... Chopping it up, chopping up film, talking about these receivers, these defensive linemen. I might every time I get a guest and I say, as I'm asking the guest to come on, I promise you I won't only ask you about wide receivers. I promise you we'll eat our vegetables, we'll do the other positions, we'll do all that stuff. So that's coming up at eight, and uh yeah, a lot of other stuff along the way. I did I did see something about the receivers that I found interesting, about one guy in particular that I wanted to get to early because and actually, there's, it's a bit of a callback. Brian Thomas Jr. Maybe you've seen him mocked to the Bills. Maybe that's your favorite idea. Brian Thomas Jr., wide receiver, LSU, the second best receiver on his team. The draft is so good, by the way, for that. If you want to talk down any one player, you just you find something and you say it, and it doesn't have to mean anything. Like, oh, wow, you'd re- he's the second best guy in his own team because Malik Neighbors is on this LSU team. So if you want that, you can have it. But anyway, if you if you today at any point pull up highlights of Brian Thomas Jr., I have a comparison to make to Sammy Watkins. And that and not in any sort of way to be it's not going to work out, trading up for him would be bad, nothing like that. I just I saw something from Brett Coleman today about Brian Thomas Jr. that I found really interesting and highlights, I think highlights what the job of the draft is, and 
you know, sometimes this goes without saying. Sometimes it's important to remind ourselves that what we're watching these teams try to do, not exactly we're trying to do it. I'm not out here scouting him myself. I'm waiting to see what the Bills decide to do with their roster and some of these players. And I think the Bills are an example of a team that really does a good job with what I'm about to get to. So this goes back to Sammy Watkins. So when the Bills trade for Sammy Watkins, I don't know if you remember that year leading up to it. Watkins was a receiver that was near the top of another class that was supposed to be a great wide receiving class, right? The 2014 NFL Draft had Watkins. It had Mike Evans, Odell Beckham Jr. We saw a lot of pre-draft, hey, there's a good group of receivers, and I'm not even really sure if we... If we had a wide receiver train going, it's 10 years ago, right? 10 years ago, we're sitting there trying to get a quarterback for E.J. Manuel. I remember being big on Mike Evans, and most of the arguments about that were, is Evans the reason the Texas A&M offense was great, or was it Johnny Manziel? And of course, you know, in retrospect, at least from the NFL scouting point, it's Mike Evans. But that class has Watkins, Evans, Odell Beckham Jr., Brandon Cooks, Calvin Benjamin, Marquise Lee, I'm in the second round now, Jordan Matthews, former Bill, Paul Richardson, don't remember him, Devontae Adams goes in the second round, Allen Robinson in the second round, Jarvis Landry in the second round. Like Just in the first two rounds, guys that ended up having nice NFL careers, guys that made Pro Bowls, it is Evans, Odell, I don't think Benjamin made one, but two of those guys at the end, Devontae Adams did, Allen Robinson did, Jarvis Landry did. Anyway. Back to Watkins. So I saw this thing about Brian Thomas Jr. It made me think of Watkins. And what was that? Sammy Watkins, when he was coming out of the draft 10 years ago, yes, I remember, there was a number on him. I'm not going to remember the exact stat. But it was how maybe 50 or 60% of his targets were at or behind the line of scrimmage. And the knock on Watkins was... I don't know if he can do everything because look at where they throw him the ball. He he constantly gets screens, bubble screens. A lot of his potential targets, a lot of his skill set in that Clemson offense is screens. And are you going to draft a receiver at the top of the draft if you don't really know that he can do everything else? I mean, Watkins, of course, showed plenty of physical gifts, had great hands, but the way that Clemson used him, was as a bubble screen guy. Kind of like the way the Bills used Diggs at the end of this year, a little bit. Like Diggs caught passes that were close to the line of scrimmage in an effort to just get in the ball. And that's what Clemson did with Watkins. And I can remember their coaches talking about it up to the pre-draft process. We haven't necessarily quite gotten full into the college coaches pump up their guys towards getting them up in the draft yet. I mean, that has happened a little bit. That'll happen a little more. But the Clemson coaches explained a few things. One, they did it because they wanted to get the ball into Sammy's hands. And two, the way that teams played him, they threw him the ball close to the line of scrimmage in, in an effort to kind of break them out of defenses and how they would how they, they would defend Watkins. So what the Bills had to do, what every team would have had to have done that year in the draft, is, all right, remove him from the offense, and what what do we see that he can do? Do we see the footwork that will allow him to run a full route tree? Do we see the ability to track the ball deep down the field on those ones that he was thrown down the field? And this is true of a lot of receivers, a lot of this year's class as well. 
And it's a reminder that, you know, the job is scout the player, not the results. You know, you watch the highlights, you watch the film, all the film is is results. And there could be more in there. And if I think about the Bills and how they've done this in the past, two prime examples, and there are, there are going to be multiple others if you want to bring some up, if you can think back, multiple examples of drafting a guy that did not have experience doing a thing and the Bills didn't care. They went for athleticism or they saw that the player in question had those abilities. I'll give you two off the top of my head, and I'm sure there's more. If you can think of one, you can add it into this conversation at 803-0550. Number one I think about, I think about is Devin Singletary. Devin Singletary, when he's at college, did not catch the ball out of the backfield, and the Bills didn't seem to care. That's fine. We think he can do it. And he came here, and he was not exactly a full pass-catching back, but he got thrown the ball plenty, and that's a guy who, on the scouting report in college, would have been like, well, he doesn't catch many passes. Turns out he can. Bills did not fear what he couldn't do in the offense because he wasn't asked to do it. Another is, of course, Dawson Knox. Right, Dawson Knox. Tight end. No career touchdowns in college. How good could this guy be? He never caught a touchdown in college. Okay, not a problem. They see the skill set, they bring him here, and he's had a nice career. You know, not every pick is going to be a massive boom or a massive bust. You have guys that are just pretty good and showcase what they can do in the league. And that brings me to this stat I had on Brian Thomas Jr. that reminded me of all this. And I'm really eager to see what the Bills, of course, do in the draft. And you know, we've got more than 50 days till we get there, but whatever. We're, I think it's a constant talking about it and thinking about it with the Combine. So Brett Coleman of – where is Brett Coleman? i got to find out. Sorry, let me let me double-check this. He does his own stuff, great film studies, great long breakdowns of offenses during the season, of draft prospects. And anyway, Brett Coleman does a great job. He had a stat on Brian Thomas Jr. and on Malik Neighbors, for that matter. The LSU offense, what was it? LSU offense in the passing game with Jaden Daniels and those two receivers was tons and tons of slot fades. So much so that on slot fades or go routes, that what you saw was go routes from the slot all the time and go routes from Brian Thomas Jr. and go routes from Malik Neighbors. LSU had two receivers with with incredible speed I saw both referred to as speed merchants on Danny Kelly's The Ringer mock draft and player comps. But Brett Coleman pointed out that 60% of Brian Thomas's Brian Thomas Jr.'s targets were on go routes. That he ran down the field, he ran away from people and that was it. And if you're the Bills, you've got to figure out, okay, can he do the rest of it? And you don't have as much of a body of work to find that out. But Brian Thomas Jr. was constantly running go routes. And if you if you watch the highlights, I mentioned this maybe a week ago or a week or two weeks ago to somebody. If you go pull up Brian Thomas Jr., what you're going to see is a lot of Gabe Davis-like touchdowns. And by that I mean, you know, what did Davis do for the Bills? He he ran go routes a lot. He ran deep down the field. That was something that he was constantly doing running past the defender, throw it over the top. And this gets to a lot of the conversation about the wide receiver train and what what guy you might like. The scouting reports are on what they've done, on athleticism, on skill sets. But one of these guys, or two of these guys, 
is going to be asked to do more, and they're going to flourish in it. And just to point this out, if I told you there's a guy in this year's class that people are comparing by people I see, like three or four different draft comps, and you know, comps are dangerous because they can create expectation. But there's a couple in this class that have a C.D. Lamb comp. And it's not a guy that's expected to go in the first round. C.D. Lamb. Because he's smooth in the way he runs his routes. Adnai Mitchell. He might not go in the first round. He might. Do the Bills look at him and see the skill set of C.D. Lamb? If I offered you C.D. Lamb to enter this Bills offense, would you take it? Like, uh, yeah. That's a guy that was drafted in the first round and blossomed pretty quickly. Lamb in his first two seasons didn't have a ton of targets, but he had good production, and his targets in the last two seasons have almost, well, not quite doubled, but gone up considerably, and it's kind of like, it's not exactly the Diggs timeline, but there are lots of receivers that, given the opportunity to do more, will do more, and maybe that's why so many of them (laughs) ask for the ball, want the ball, want to be in an offense that passes it more, because you know, there's skill and then there's opportunity. And for Brian Thomas Jr. in this spot, there's a there's plenty of chatter. When we ask draft analysts, what do you think? Who who's the guy that could A come in and contribute right away and B develop into a full time number one? One of the answers you get is Brian Thomas Jr. because he's so good at the one thing. He's so good at the thing that Gabe Davis used to be really good at or still is. And Davis is obviously a big part of this offense. And if you wanted to just replace Davis with a young player that has a somewhat similar skill set, size, speed, vertical routes, but will add more in, obviously that never really happened with Davis. And with Brian Thomas Jr. of LSU, maybe that's something you can do. A lot of this, a lot of these same points could be made for Troy Franklin, who is a speedster. You see plenty of stuff down the field. But you do see more over the middle. Can he develop into a number one? And that's that's big on the Bills' goals. You know, if you're if you're someone that's uh, tired of all the wide receiver talk and tired of the wide receiver train, I regret to inform you, we might still be here next year. <laughs> because don't don't give me that look, Josh. Don't sigh. No, 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 no. Every, I, if you, I, because if they draft one and then cut Diggs, which a lot of people say. Oh, I see what you're saying. A lot of people okay. are uh, now would say. Okay, fine. Diggs can stay for another year. Perhaps a departure is more likely next year. Okay, then you got to go get one. See, I thought you were gonna. I thought you were going in the vein of like, what if they just don't draft one and we're here again? Oh next year no, this no, time? no, 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 no. The the league will not let the draft happen without the Bills taking one. They reverse the pick. The second round. The second <laughs> if they if they go defense in the first round, and in the second round they take something other than receiver. Goodell would walk on the podium and like, hold up, hold up, hold up, guys, no. Goodell's going to be in a Brandon Bean costume making the pick for the Bills. <laughs> That's right. Who does the second-round picks this year? It's a good question, right? You'll have guest pickers. Don't they have fan of the year do that sometimes? Like sometimes Reed that's the that? third or the fourth or the fifth. Okay. I think if I remember correctly now, the second round is often team legends. Depends. Again, we're like – Yeah, because fi- Pat McAfee did one last year. For the Colts? Yeah. I don't remember what round, though. Yeah. I think it was second or third. And Bruce Smith did one for the Bills at one point. Mm-hmm. Okay. Get Josh Allen up there to pick the receiver. Let's go. Get him on the podium. Tell him to pick who he wants. So anyway, all that on Brian Thomas Jr., just a point that 
jumped out at me like, oh, here's another. It's not exactly Sammy Watkins, of course, but you're trying to figure out, okay, what does he do? Bank that. If you just banked everybody on what they can do, then you get to the potential. And that's where boards, you know, I get hung up on draft boards a lot, mainly that we never see them, ever. And we're just told to trust them and believe them as if you could put, what's the grade on Brian Thomas Jr.? Oh, it's an 86. What's the grade on Troy Franklin? Oh, it's an 85. Well, what's the difference? Do you feel like one has more potential? Is it more about ranges? Is it more about ceilings, floors? I have a tough time with one singular number. And if the Bills are on the clock and pick them between two guys that they have similar is... The potential built in, do they want the guy with the higher ceiling or the higher floor? Like There's a million parts of this that are up for discussion, and the board is taken as gospel that we never actually see. So that's a little you know digression for me. 803-0550 and 1-888-550-2550. If you want to call in, join us. It's fine. We'd love to have you. We'd love to hear from you. You know, if there's a thought to offer on receivers, go for it. If it's on something else, you know, we'll we'll dig into other stuff. A lot of news came out of the combine yesterday. The NFL player poll on these franchises, I think, drives home an important lesson. I've got really good snark on that. I'm ready to just snark away. So we'll get to all that as well. 803-0550. We'll start off connecting with our fans. Brought to you by Northtown Kia. Shop online at northtownkia.com. Western New York's number one Kia dealer. Virginia Beach. Quentin. Quentin, good morning. Hey, good morning. Hey, uh, I just... You know, it brings to mind Justin Shorter. Um, you know, you talk about replacing Gabe Davis. You know, the hope was that, you know, he was going to be able to step in. I know, you know, he went away uh, last year. And then at the time he was practicing with the, the first team, but then was placed, you know, I guess back. I don't, I don't know if he was placed back on IR. Or they just uh, shelved him for a while. But uh, any thoughts on, you know, or any news? Or have you heard anything about uh, Justin Shorter? Um, appreciate you guys. Love to, love to listen yeah. to you. Thanks. Thanks, Quentin. I'll make a point to ask Sal about him at the top of the hour. I've heard a phrase used for Shorter that I, that I kind of like, like it's a redshirt year because he didn't really play and he was hurt for a lot of it and they brought him back and activated him or opened the window to re- have him return. But the scouting report on, on Shorter, I pulled this up from last year. Again, we haven't really seen much of him with the Bills, so I don't think it's nuts to go back on what the scouting report was at the time. And there are a lot of, you know, there's only so many things you can do at receiver, right? So there's going to be overlap. But if I start to read this, you do get some Gabe Davis, right? Big and long with build-up speed and skill set to attack defenses via intermediate and deep routes. That was Davis. There's very little short. And with shorter, big wingspan, intermediate and deep, willing to play at the top of the route, battle for the ball, For anyone out there that wants the Bills to go out and get a big target that's a contested catch kind of guy, but you can be a contested catch guy and not be big. Like Diggs has been that. Diggs has long been one of the best contested catch guys in the NFL, despite not having the huge size. But what shorter can shorter can be that. I mean, I'm not banking on him to be much. The best I can bank on shorter to be is the Bills take their receiver that's gonna be the next young stud rookie that we're all going to get excited about and then they say we didn't take one in the fourth round because we believe in Justin Shorter like okay I can I can get into that a little bit weaknesses for him 
slow getting off the snap, loses route momentum making turns, below average foot quickness for yards after the catch. Like I shorter if that's a special teamer, long term, we'll see. Maybe he gets a little bit of a role in this offense, but I don't think he's ever really marked for anything more than a role in this offense. They would have seen him for a full year, and it's a good way to find out. If they don't take another one somewhere, that must indicate some faith in him. Of course, free agency, too. We've got a lot of decisions to make on free agency. The Bills do. Thanks, Quentin. Yeah, I I, I don't want to completely push him aside. I, I did that with Isaiah Hodgins, who we never really saw for the Bills. And then when he came in, he contributed, then went to the Giants and became a, a depth receiver. So with shorter, it's not thinking about them. If the draft ends and they only have one and they haven't added any depth there, then maybe I can hold out hope for a role player in this offense. 4-5 speed isn't exactly super fast. It was Gabe Davis's 40 time. Probably like 4-5. Four, 4-5-4. Five. Four, five, four. Yeah, exact exact same 40 time for the most part. One hundredth of a second off. 803 If you're on hold, stick with us. Get to more calls. It's the fun part of it, right? The scouting, what the Bills have to do. Brian Thomas Jr., lots and lots of goes. Doesn't mean it's all he can do. It means it's the Bills' job and every other team's job to figure out what else can he do, how good can he be. 803-0550. Nate joins me at 7. Sal also at 7. And uh, some cover one film cut-ups coming up at 8. It is, of course, another day on the wide receiver train. This day with snow. Yeah, there's there's, there's snow on the ground Look here. outside right now. Oh, my God. What? When we started this segment, I could see the, the, the parking lot, and now I can't. Yeah, sorry for that extreme reaction, but I do the show with my back to the windows. I did not know this. I'm sorry. I'm really sorry, everybody. <laughs> 24 hours. We'll get through it. Winter will, winter will be over in 24 hours, I hope. 803-0550, front hold, right to your calls next on WGR.